Welcome to A Journey Through Fantasy. Here we are on episode two. We are reading Grave Peril, the third book in the Dresden Files by Jim Butcher. In this episode, we are going to cover chapters 11 through 20. So here we go with chapter 11. So after uh, meeting with Morty Lindquist and all, all that business, Harry is dropped off at his place and he finds Rudolph and Stalins waiting for him. Now, I vaguely remember them from the other books, uh, but not much. We quickly find out, you know, Ru- Rudolph does not like Harry. Uh, Stalins is a, seems to be a pretty cool dude. Doesn't really seem to have any issues with him. Um, and I believe they were saying Stalins is like, maybe he's like a sergeant or something. Like he's, he's maybe one rung underneath Murphy. He, he's he's higher up than Rudolph, at least. Um, but they tell him Murphy needs to see him. They need they need to come to a, to a scene. It's about Mickey Malone. Um, and I remember Mickey, um, you know, from the from the previous uh, book. So Harry jumps in the car with him, and that's where they head off to. They get to the house, and Dresden kind of gets this odd sense something's up. He can't feel it. He gets out, and he kind of sort of stumbles his way and he finds a dead cat um and then it, he kind of keeps stumbling over other dead animals and that's kind of where we where we leave that at that chapter um chapter 12 um harry basically insists that hey mrs malone needs to invite me in um and you know I, and i don't again it may have been talked about at, at, a, at one point in time but um, you know, this is kind of drawing into that like vampire. You know, I, I need to be invited in all that kind of. It it but it takes that and kind of it seems that's what Jim Butcher is real good at, or things that I enjoy about him is he takes things that kind of are like not mythological, but just things that are in the zeitgeist of of I don't know fantastical things, and he just. He adds little things to them and expands on them. So like this, it, it he sort of talks about how if I if I'm not invited in, I kind of lose um, my ability to, to use magic, or it lessens, it weakens it. And uh, I, I find that very interesting. Um, you know, uh, like I, I I don't know, I never thought about it like with vampires, right? It's like you know they need to be invited in. I'm like I never thought like why, you know, like. I, you know, it just never hit me, and then it's like, okay, well, that kind of makes sense, right? Um, she comes to the door, you know, She they kind of ha- talk about how Dresden had, um, him and Dre- Dresden kind of had a, had their little deal in the last book, and so, but she lets him in, take takes him upstairs, she kind of is retelling what's going on, she said he was up all night, and then he, he kind of, you know, then some stuff happened. She she doesn't want to go in the room, um, so she 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 sort of turns down the stairs and says, you know, ask him if he wants lunch, things like that. He goes in the room. Murph is there. Malone is tied to the bed rails. Kind of has a I think it said he has a helter skelter looking face. He's got cut and scratches all over. Cuts and scratches. Um, Murphy relays that Sonya called the police only after. He had went crazy enough, and she had locked herself in the bedroom closet. Um, so then Harry basically says, "Okay, let me do what I got to do." 
So he kind of kicks Murphy out. Chapter 13, uh, he, he, you know, he, he starts talking to Malone, trying, trying to see what was going on. He tries to touch him. Um, he, he feels something that he wouldn't associate normally with magic. It feels cold, lifeless, lacking of life, whereas magic usually is, uh, is full of life, right? Uh, it needs life to work, kind of. Uh, using like you know being able to using his true sight or whatever he he sees that mickey's been torn up he he makes it it's, it's akin to a shark attack taking huge chunks of meat off of him but it was it's like taking it off of his soul um and also there is the barbed wire that was on agatha hagglethorn um harry decides to pull it out knowing that malone probably doesn't have enough time for him to kind of research this, go talk to Bob, get Michael, stuff like that. He doesn't have time to do things like that. He's got to do something. He pulls it out. It's ice cold. Uh, he keeps pulling, keeps pulling out. And once he pulls it out, Harry, it, uh, it kind of jumps on, on Dresden and latches into his throat. Um, let's see. Here. Murph then runs in trying to figure out what was going on. And Harry sees her because he still kind of has that true sight going on. So he sees her uh, as her true self. And I believe it was like a guardian with like a flaming sword, right? Uh, he tells her to open up the the window and then he, he pulls the barbed wire out of his throat, chunks it out the window, and then fireballs it. Kind of kind of crazy. And like he's kind of seeing a lot of it, but I, I don't, it's, maybe I'm just misremembering this, but it sounded like, the people around can't really see exactly what's happening. So they may not have seen the fireball, um, but it just sounded epic, I guess. Uh, but Mickey, Mickey is better now. Uh, and uh, Sonya comes in to be with him. Chapter 14, Harry, uh, Harry's on the phone with my, he's back at his apartment. He's talking with Michael on the phone, telling him what happened at Malone's house. Um, he then gets a call from Susan. She wants to know about some ritual guy that they called a few months back. Leonid Kravos, that that's gonna come back. I I I I mean I this cat something's up with him. Like 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 Jim Butcher thought he could just slip that in and thought that I'd forget about it. No 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 no. no. I, I'm I'm keeping an, an eye out for this for this Leonid Kravos. Whatever happened with them is gonna come back. All right. Uh. Then he goes to Bob. He tells him everything. Bob gets scared and tells Harry to leave this alone. You don't need to be messing with this. Okay. Uh, finally, he gets Bob to talk a little bit, and Bob reveals that maybe someone got the like all the big spirits and the Never Never riled up to make the barrier between our world and the, and the Never Never easier to travel through. Uh, chapter fifteen. Bob says this is something big, and you know it, it's. It went across a threshold uninvited and ripped apart a man, ripped apart a man's soul. So somehow it got into Malone's house. Um, you know, it could either be he mentions it could be like an old one or some other kind of god like that. Kind of give me like Lovecraftian vibes, you know. Uh, but Dresden thinks maybe it's tied to Lydia, and that she might have been, been possessed, and she was invited in, and then it happened. Um. Dresden you know, basically gives Bob permission to go out and do some investigation. Dresden goes to the, this is chapter 16 now. Dresden goes to a, a city park and uses his chalk to draw like a summoning circle and uses some magic. 
and like a tuning fork to help locate that talisman and presumably uh, Lydia. He, uh, he gets a line and heads that way. It's leading him to like an abandoned building. In the building is a white van with tinted windows, which I did not catch at first. Should have saw this coming. Uh, inside is Lydia. She's like looking drugged up. And then he's surprise attacked by Kyle, the vampire. Okay, they have a fight in Carrie, the sister, or Kelly, I think is the sister. She's there. Um, uh, so, you know, big fight happens. Dresden kind of messes up Kyle's face. You can kind of see beneath, you know, his meat, his meat mask, his skin mask, whatever. Uh, I had kind of forgotten that we, in either the first book or second book, we kind of get what um, vampires look like underneath. It's like real nasty and such. Uh, but sort of in his fight with Kelly, he kind of shot up some kind of fireball thing. The Bob might not been a fireball, but it was something, and it hit the building. But then some saliva from Kelly drops on him, and it kind of like drugs him up, and he's kind of getting sucked into her. And you think he's, you know, of course you know he's not dead in the, between the book. We're only a little bit in the book. He ain't gonna die, right? But you kind of get a little, you know, I kind of got a little nervous. But that little shot of magic or whatever that hit the building caused the building to come down, part of the building, letting in some light. And the light hit Kelly right in the face. Boom, burned her all up. And they just jump in the van and leave. Um, so, yeah, so the tinted windows should have told me that it was <laughs> that it was the vampires. I didn't think, because it's, it's still daylight, right? All right, so chapter 17. Uh, Dresden gets home and is still feeling the effects of the saliva. He tries to partition his brain to wall up the parts that love the sensation. You know, because it's like a drug. Like, you know, he's, he's addicted to it. He, he wants that feeling, but, he, but he, you know, he's got to get out of it because it, it's, it's hindering him from being able to accomplish his mission, right? Uh, he tries to make sense of uh, Lydia and Malone and the nightmare, which is what he's calling um, the, the demon thing or whatever this is, is doing. This is, is the nightmare, uh, and the vampires. How are, how are they all connected? He's trying to piece this together. He eventually loses the battle with the drug and he goes, he kind of, I guess, falls into like a dream like thing. And he goes back in time to when they took down Kravos, which again, I said, that's, that's going to come back. Something about that has something to do with the big overall thing in this story. Um, but he goes back to when they took down Kravos, who was a sorcerer who uh, was trying to summon a demon to kind of uh, do his bidding. Uh, but he had been killing people, the, the, the sorcerer had. And, um, you know, this is what Susan was talking about. The events don't play out the way they did, though, in real life. Um, you know, they, they bagged the guy, or, you know, they got him. They killed the demon. Michael killed the demon. And then. They, they arrested Kravos. That's what happened in real life. But in this dream, Michael, Murphy, and Malone all die. And Harry's being split open. He wakes up at uh, Mr. is uh, pawing at him. And he kind of doesn't remember it's Bob. And I was thinking that when I was reading him. Like, you remember you, when you gave Bob the permission to go out and do investigate, he kind of went into Mr.'s body. So I think he kind of forgot that. Um, but Bob is pawing at him. He gets up, he goes down to the basement, curls up into a summoning circle. And, you know, he's kind of just, you know, he, it's, it's emotionally tearing him up. What happened in the dream and everything. Uh, Bob flows back into the skull. He says he saw the nightmare. He thinks he knows what it is and how it did it. 
Then he ends on the little stinger. You know, he says he thinks he knows what just tried to eat him. What tried, just tried to eat Dresden. So then we go to chapter 18. Bob relays that essentially while Harry was dreaming, the nightmare invaded his dream. And this is how the night, nightmare has been crossing thresholds in people's dream. Uh, and that the nightmare is like a ghost of a demon. It's the ghost of the demon Michael killed. Now, before I go any further, this is kind of one of the first big problems I have with this book. And the fact is that Harry had already come up. Okay, so let, okay, let's just back up, right? We got vampires, we got werewolves, we got ghosts, we got wizards. You know, they're all, you know, they're, they're classic. They're classic fantastical creatures, horror creatures, right? So now we have this ghost of a demon who is invading people's dreams. Now, if we had opened up the book with that premise that there are things out there that invade your dreams that are ghosts of demons and they're called nightmares, that's fine. But in this book, you're kind of learning about this with Harry. This is a new thing. And Harry has already deemed it a nightmare. He's already named it that before knowing that there's a connotation to invading dreams. There hasn't been any talk about dreams up until this point. But it's already called the nightmare. I just, that seems way too easy. Like, well, okay, not easy. It seems lazy. It seems kind of lazy. Like, you could have made that a little bit more clever and a little bit easier. Like, you could have made it where he started calling it the nightmare after this. But he kind of like jumped the gun a little bit and it just feels hollow. It feels too, too coincidental for me that Dresden would call, start calling this thing the nightmare. And then we find out that it, you know, has to do with dreams and such. Sorry, that's a side. It's a nitpick. Look, I, and I'm not here to go negative. I, I, I'm taking a cue from a lot of YouTubers that I enjoy and, and content creators just talk about the books and, 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 you know, there's enough people out there that are, that are focusing on negative things, but I'm not going to lie and not at least point out things that I think could be better. And again, I'm not a published author. I don't know. You know, I've, I've never wrote a novel. I've attempted it several times and I've written some short stories, but I don't have the experience Jim Butcher does. Now, granted, this is his third book. So he's three books in, he still has more experience than I do now. Right. So I'm not saying I can do it better. I'm just saying, <laughs> excuse me, I think it could have been done better. And I'm, but I'm not saying I could have done it, but it could have been done better. I think he, he, he has the ability to make it better. But again, that's kind of the process of reading these Dresden files every now and again as a, as like palate cleansers is we, it, it, it's a nice, easy read. It doesn't take long to do. It's engaging, it's exciting, and we kind of get to see him grow as an author. And you don't get to see that. I mean, like, I mean, you do. I mean, I'm sure you, I'm sure people who are big Stephen King people, whatever, I'm sure they've know, you know they, they can probably comment on his, his, how his writing's gotten better, I guess, with age. I've only read three Stephen King books, three and a half. I read. 112263, which is my favorite Stephen King book, The Shining, Dr. Sleep, uh, and half of it. And I liked all of them except for, like, it was just like, it's fine. It's a good story. It's just, 
I don't need to know all that detail. I got halfway through and I'm like, I don't care about any of this. But but it or um, the shining, which the shining is not as good as the movie. Sorry. Um, but Doctor Sleep is really good. Uh and eleven twenty two sixty three is really good. Uh, but I know eleven twenty two sixty three and Doctor Sleep are, you know, later books. So I mean, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, okay. I'm getting off this. Okay, let's get back. Okay. Okay, so we figured out what the nightmare is. Um, we're still not sure how Bianca and Lydia are involved. Um, but when when it took a bite out of Dresden in the dream, it took a bite out of his magic. And so for for the I'm guessing for a good portion of this book, the rest of this book, uh, he's gonna be a little weakened. We're gonna have a weak a weakened Harry. Um you know they're trying to figure out the connection. Harry realizes it wants payback for who took him down, who who took the demon down. Um, so he's thinking, you know, Mike. He's already went after Malone. He just attacked Harry. That leaves Murphy and Michael. Uh, and so he he decides to go warn Murphy. Chapter nineteen. Dresden calls Murphy, telling her he'll be there in twenty minutes. And then she gets like really mad. She, you know, she's basically saying, "You just you said you'd be here in ten minutes. You hadn't already left." And he's like, "What?" So we can kind of infer that or we can't infer it, it kind of says it, but, you know, sometimes you kind of, you kind of figure it out just like the sentence before you actually are told what it is. But the the demon has impersonated him some way, somehow impersonated him, and it's after Murphy. Um, Dresden calls Michael, but the line is busy. Uh, and so he just rushes to the police station. He gets to Murphy, but the demon, um, looking like him, uh, has already got to her. It's messing with her brain. The demon now has wizard abilities again because it took took a bite out of the magic. So now you're dealing with the ghost of a demon who has wizard abilities who can take the form of, of Dresden. Like, it's, it's piling up, you know. It, it's getting, the odds are getting harder and harder that they're going to be able to, to figure this out, right? Um, but the demon uses those wizard abilities and blasts Dresden out into the hall, knocking down uh, Rudolph and Stallings. And, uh, then the demon leaves, uh, leaving Murphy in the same kind of state that Malone was in, sort of. Checks on her, and he tries to do that little, you know, uh, soul gaze, whatever it is. So, so there's the true sight thing, but then there's like the soul gazing thing. Um, and I, and sometimes maybe they're both the same thing, but maybe they're different. But all I know is, sorry, negative. <laughs> negative call out number two uh two in one episode you know that'll be five dollars extra uh, but every time he talks about every time Dream butcher brings up the wizard looking into someone's eyes he has to revisit what we already know like okay i can get i can get behind explaining it every book right like once a book but he's already explained this twice already in this book that, you know, when you when you look into a wizard's eyes, you know, or when a wizard looks into a human's eyes, they see things and it stays with them. It's like, you've told me this a thousand times. Give me as the reader some credit. I don't need you to hold my hand that much. Sorry, I'll move on. Uh, but there's no barbed wire in, in Murphy. Um, not like there was in... Agatha and um, uh, Malone. 
he decides to put her into some kind of sleep and put up a ward around her so she should be able to stay awake uh, until morning at least so he can so he has time to go you know track this thing down um but he tells Stallings that he's going to need the book that Krav, uh, the, the Kravis' spell book because he's pretty sure that he wrote the demon's name down. And if he can get the demon's name, you know, he can he can catch him, right? But um, oh, uh, Stallings is acting a little weird about it. He's like, you know, some stuff has come up about that case. He could lose his job. But Dresden convinces him anyway. He's like, I'm going to need this if we're going to save Murphy. Uh, and then uh, Dresden... Runs off to help Michael. All right, chapter twenty, the last chapter in in this uh, episode. Uh, Harry gets to Michael, and uh, he's you know he's. I can kind of relate to this. I've I've got a, I've got a four month old at the moment. He's he's been uh, nursing this uh, this baby down in the living room, and they and I think they had fallen asleep on the couch. Uh, but uh, you know, he wakes Michael up. Michael opens the door. He uh, Dresden sort of tells him what's going on. Michael kind of says like, "Well, how do I know you're not that person?" And he's like, "Okay, you, you make a good point. Just leave me out here. Just go get your family and get out of here. I'll stay. Don't invite me in the house. Just let, let me stay on the porch." And Michael kind of just rolls his eyes and is like, "Come on in." You know, he kind of knows what's going on. Uh, and so he, but he notices the baby. Dresden, uh, well, okay. Let me back up. Michael goes upstairs to put the baby to bed because he's like, "Look, let's let's just talk about this. Let me go put the baby to sleep, and then we'll talk about it." But Dresden sees the bottle next to the nightstand. And he notices a note next to it, and it was a note saying Charity had gone out for food. You know, she's got that pregnant pregnant uh, brain, and so she she wants some like pizza and ice cream and stuff. So um, Dresden runs to the stairs because he realizes that she's gone. And Mike, Michael's at the stop of stairs, and he's like, "She's gone," you know. Um, and you know, ha- ha- Harry shows him the nose, you know. They kind of both realize the same thing at the same point, but they have both had different pieces of information. One of those typical scenes, right? But Michael runs down and says, "Hey, we gotta go get her." And Dresden's like, "Yeah, but what about your kids? We can't just leave your kids here." And Michael rolls his eyes. Uh, and at that same moment, the door, the door, or just as the door is about to get knocked on, Michael opens the door and there's Father Forthill. And um because he had car trouble. And that's going back to the um any time that Michael needs to do things for the you know, in the in in the work of the Lord, the Lord provides him a way to be able to go do those things. In this case, you know, it provided him with Father Forthill to be able to babysit the kids while they go do what they gotta do. Good stuff. I, I really like this stuff. Like I said, I I, I feel like I kind of not. I've been knocking on Jim Butcher this episode, but I mean it's good stuff. I, I I'm I wish I could do that. Like you know, but but yeah. So they um they go to the local convenience store. The only one that Michael said it. You know, if it's this time of day or this time of night, and she's gone out, this is where she's gonna go. They get there. They see her band. Uh, they go in. Michael's looking around. The the cashiers are giving them grief because it's like a bunch of teenage girls. But the cashiers they finally get 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 to them and they say that the person that looks like Dresden uh, came up to her outside because she had car trouble and like they started walking away down the road, walking toward Graceland Cemetery. So Harry yells for Michael to come on, 
but he's not coming. So Harry just, he, he runs out there and he's looking and he can make out the two figures out there. And you can see it's, it's the, it's the demon, you know, kind of pulling, pulling her, pulling charity. Um, and so and they kind of turn and then go into the cemetery and Michael looks inside. He's still, Michael's still inside, not out there. So Michael or Dresden's like, I gotta go. So he ends up chasing after them. And that's where, uh, that's where we end as far as the chapters are concerned on this episode. Yeah. Um, you know, the story's getting good or, you know, well, the story's been good. Uh, but we're getting more and more. And, and this is one thing I like about Jim Butcher. And I think I, I talked about this in the last episode, but if I'm really enthralled in a story, I usually don't try to figure it out. If that makes sense. Like I'm not, I mean, like I said, I'm kind of like an aspiring writer of sorts, but I, I don't really try to figure out where the story's going to go. Um, when I'm reading stories, like I said, I can kind of do it when it comes to like procedurals, like TV dramas and stuff like that. But when I'm reading a book, I kind of just get pulled into the story and I don't think about those things. And Jim Butcher does a good job with these stories. Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm along for the ride. I'm not really, I'm not really guessing at what'll happen. There are some moments, you know, like as soon as I read Susan called about the, the Leonid Kravos. It's like, okay, that's, that's gonna, that's gonna, that's gonna have some things that, the you know, that's gonna be a big part to play in the story. Uh, but, you know, but then of course I missed the, the van with tinted windows. It's like, oh, well, that kind of makes sense that it would have been the vampires because they need the tinted windows. Granted, everybody has tinted windows. So I guess that's an okay thing to miss. But, but yeah, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying this. You know, it's it's. I don't. I don't know if I enjoy it as much as I remember enjoying the second book. I don't remember much about the first book, so I. Yeah, I can't really give you an opinion on the first book, but I really did like the second one. It had a it had a pretty cool. I don't know. Like I said, it's, this, these books kind of feel like a companion piece of Supernatural. Supernatural is kind of a fun show, so. So yeah, I uh, really enjoying this. I'm really looking forward to seeing what, where this ends up going. Um, as far as predictions go, I don't know. I like I don't know how the vampires are tied into this at, at this point. I know I know Bianca's got that meeting or that that party she's gonna have, and I don't know if that has something to do with it. Um, I don't know what the godmother has to do with this. I don't know, like. There's so much, there's so many little loose threads. How are they going, how are they going to get woven? Um, I'm not sure yet, but I'm enjoying it. And I hope, hope y'all are enjoying the book as well as my reviews of it or my sort of episode to episode breakdown. But, um, but yeah, I think that's where we're going to end it this week um, or this episode. So come back next time and we'll cover Chapters 21 through 30 of Grave Peril by Jim Butcher. Thank y'all and have a good day.